Episode three of the Fantasy Forecast is back. Brett Maloney here alongside everyone this week. Tyler Walsh, Mike Zawoski, Dan Gardella. Uh, week one's in the books. I mean, I went two and one in fantasy. I gave a horrible, bold prediction on Brandon Ayuk as he had zero catches for zero yards. But that happens. I mean, that's why they're called bold predictions. But boys, how you guys looking after week one? Well, spitballing right off your ice cold take, I'll ride on my flaming hot take of Corey Davis. Um, very unexpected showing. Uh, I knew he was going to get targets. Didn't think they were going to be two touchdowns. Um, besides that, 2-0 this week. Uh, one league got very lucky. I got uh, stuck with OBJ in my flex. Uh, if anyone else played him, you know, we got that 3 p.m. scratch. It's sickening to see. But overall, great week. No complaints. Yeah, uh, like Tyler, I went to an my leagues. One of them was a little closer than I liked with uh, Justin Tucker and Mark Andrews playing last night and needing like like 18 or 19 points to beat me. I was a little nervous with Justin Tucker's leg. He put up like 12, I think. But uh, yeah, no, great first week of fantasy football. Glad football's back. Just sitting, sitting inside, watch Red Zone. It was, felt good to be back watching the NFL. Yeah, uh, a couple good things. Uh, first of all, 2-0 start to the year. Always great. Um, second, I, uh, I doubled Brett's total in our league, so that's always something that's very encouraging. Um, and third, to kind of side with Brett, uh, you were not the only one to absolutely flame out on your uh, hot take. Uh, mine may actually be worse. I said uh, Ryan right, Fitzpatrick. How can, wor- how can it be worse than getting no catches? Well, when you say that he's Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be a top two quarterback of points this week, and now he's on the shelf for about two months. Fair. Fair. I mean, the world of bold predictions, I wasn't far off. You know, mine was Devonta Smith would have 20 fantasy points, establish himself as the number one receiver. He had 19.1, maybe, depending on some scoring, he could have had 20. But I'm looking forward to probably starting Devonta Smith this week. All right, Jalen Reagan didn't have a bad game, though. He hasn't locked that job up yet. Give it one more week. Thanks. All right, now that the season is underway, we're going to implement a new segment every week at the start. Our favorite player of the week from the past week. So for week one, start off with the quarterbacks. And Tyler, you got that one. All right, so uh, obviously top five quarterbacks we talked about week one all performed pretty well. But – an interesting one I'm going to go with that we actually did discuss that was slinging the rock just this past Sunday night, Matthew Stafford. What a game. Uh, first drive, he comes out, slings an absolute dime down the field, about 70 yards. Uh, just the whole time watching, it was great. Uh, put up big points. I think he's going to continue to succeed in LA. Yeah, I love Stafford's like my – favorite fantasy quarterback ever the dude the dude just slings it left and right and now he's actually has weapons to play with ever since calvin left so yeah i was sitting down watching and i i remember you see him roll out and he absolutely he rolls back and he hawks this thing and you see it connect for a touchdown i'm just sitting there with my jaw dropped the defense comes out they're playing amazing and the rams look scary yeah they they put on they put on a beat down to the bears um so yeah, I got I got running backs for player of the week. I gotta go. I gotta go to Cincinnati, man. Joe Joe Mixon is always such a hit or miss type of guy in fantasy. 
some people shy away from drafting them. Some people like to take the risk in drafting them. And if you took the risk, at least he paid off in week one. The guy behind a kind of a terrible offensive line that always has questions in Cincinnati. I mean, he put up 25 fantasy points with 127 yards and a TD, along with four catches for about 20 yards as well. So you can't really ask much more, especially for a guy that you're drafting in most likely late second, early third round to be probably your RB2, depending where you drafted him. It's a pretty good bet going forward. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll pick it up. I mean, I got wide receivers this week. My wide receiving core was uh, did very well. Um, but, I mean, kind of the, the two that stood out to me, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper had, uh, I believe it was 13 catches. Um, uh, but he was double digits in receptions, had more targets. Um, you know, obviously with Dak coming back, he's more of, a, of an air raid guy. So, you know, you know, when that's the case, I mean, it wasn't even just Cooper. I mean, CeeDee Lamb got a lot of ca- uh, of targets uh, while Michael Gallup was in the game. He was getting a lot of uh, opportunities as well. So, um, and this was what we saw last year with the Cowboys. You know, the first four or five weeks, their passing attack was one of the best in the league. Then Dak went down and it kind of came to a halt. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill, the vertical threat, the Mahomes-Hill connection always works. Um, you know, he had a touchdown and then kind of going off of, of Brett's prediction with, with Ayuk, uh, you know, in his absence, Debo Samuel kind of stepped up nine catches close to 190 yards touchdown. Um, you know, depending on how long Ayuk's out, this could mean a really great start to a season for Samuel, or it could be now that defenses know that he's the number one option. They may put, Double, double him, more guys on him. He had a great showing. I mean, given against the, it was against the Lions, who, you know, don't have the best secondary, but uh, certainly a strong showing for him to start the year. Hey, let's not yeah, let's not forget um, let's not forget Jamar Chase, Dan, and then I know we were talking about the Bengals. I mean, the guy was just prone to drop the ball in preseason, and then like you saw Joe Burrow's post game interview, where he was like, "How about them drops?" The guy put up a hundred yards five catches in a, in a crucial TD plus a video where he didn't even get the ball put at, put Patrick Peterson through the absolute spin cycle as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly encouraging if you're a Bengals fan to see, see that kind of thing. I know, you know, analysts and critics from all over the league were, were really kind of, kind of hammering on chase kind of being like saying that, the ball is different is not an excuse. Everybody, every star that's gone through college and now then start in the NFL, never had that excuse. Like you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to do it. And so far he has. And I think that LSU connection certainly helps them out a lot. So uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's certainly a good start for him. I just want to point out another thing that I loved about it was um, this dude was getting absolutely torched on social media, like all week about that quote that came out about the uh, ball being different didn't say anything back, shows up on Sunday and just absolutely torches him. Only thing he did, only thing he did was on Friday tweet one and all. Yeah, and then just wrapping it up with the tight ends. Uh, it was pretty good week for tight ends all around, honestly. Um, but the one guy who stuck, stuck out to me the most this week was TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I mean, I was not uh, expecting Jared Goff to play as well as he did or just the receiving core to play as well as I did in general. 
But TJ Hawkinson, I feel like ever since he came into the league a few years ago, he like everybody was like, I remember like I drafted him and I was like, this kid is going to be a top five, like tight end his rookie year. And I feel like I've just been waiting for him to reach that level of like stud tight end status. And I think this was a very good showing for him week one. And it's looking promising for the rest of the season. Um, and I'm interested to see where it takes him because of how highly rated he was coming out of college. And I think just uh, the tight end position is just like some names on there in the top, you know, 10 to 15 scoring that like I wouldn't really as expected like Jacksonville tight end uh, Shaughnessy and stuff like that. I'm not saying they had great weeks, but overall I was kind of surprised with the production from the, the tight ends. Yeah, no, the tight end, the tight end position like surprised me as well. Luckily I have Hawkinson. So that was a great pick on my part, but people don't care about week one anymore. We're on to week two starts on Thursday night, Washington, Versus the Giants. So let's jump right into it. Our favorite plays, our favorite players for this week. Start with the QB. Who you guys want to start? Who you guys want to sit? Um, I'll jump in first. Uh, just looking at these rankings, um, I think I'm going to start with uh, who I'm going to play first. Um, I mean, my man Jameis is my fantasy QB. I've been talking about him a lot. I think he surprised a lot of people and opened a lot of eyes with his performance. He may not have had a ton of passing yards. I think he finished with like 148 or something like that. Throwing five touchdowns, though, doesn't go unnoticed. And I like his matchup this week uh, against Carolina. I think that um, – I know you got the young cornerback and DBs over in Carolina, but I think that's a good matchup uh, for uh, Jameis and the Saints. And I think he'll – He'll continue to have a good season uh, going into week two. I'm not expecting another five touchdown performance, um, but you know, yeah, I think he'll continue what he's doing. Um, and then as far as somebody that I would sit this week, I'm going to say just the guy one below him in the ratings for going into this week. I'm going to say Matt Ryan against the Buccaneers. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan didn't have a great showing in week one, but I think just facing that secondary is just, um, not going to help his case at all. Uh, talking about that matchup, Matt Ryan and the Bucks. Um, that's the quarterback I'm actually going to roll with as a lock for next week. Tom Brady in Atlanta, I think. No, they're actually in Tampa Bay, even better. So I think he's going to roll this secondary in Atlanta. Terrible, been terrible. Doesn't look any better. And then a sit we're going to talk about here. If you're starting this guy, you're probably already in trouble. But Daniel Jones in Washington, that's asking for negative points. And, I, yeah, I wouldn't touch him with a five-foot pole. Yeah, speak, um, speaking oh, yeah. of a guy, speaking of a guy, like, who has kind of been questioned about his, like, starting capability, like you said, with Daniel Jones, my sit of the week is Tua. I'd, like – I think the Bills defense is kind of going to come out like with like burning fire after that loss to the Steelers. And they're going to want to prove something that they're not like a one hit wonder from the year 2020 where everything was kind of just weird. So they're going to come out guns blazing and try and like prove a statement. And two is kind of going to be the cause of that. And they're just probably going to pick him off a few times and he's going to have a struggling day, but as for a matchup I love this week, it's also second-year QB. 
got to go to the reigning rookie of the year and Justin Herbert. I think him facing the Cowboys this week. They showed a little promise last week on defense, but I mean, the numbers don't lie. He still gave up five touchdown passes to Brady. So, or four touchdowns, whichever it was. So I think Herbert's going to have his fair share of open looks and probably find Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and probably Eckler out the backfield, and he's going to have a huge day. Yeah, um, I'll start with with sitting. Um, a guy that did not have a good showing uh, against a pretty solid defense, uh, Big Ben. Um, he's going against the Raiders this week, and, you know, from seeing what we – from the game last night, which is probably the game of the week on Monday night. I mean, the Raiders defense came up big when it, when it mattered. I mean, Derek Carr gave that game away on about seven different occasions that, you know, you would think that the the Ravens were going to walk away at that win, but the defense came up with a couple big fumble recoveries and they also sacked Lamar Jackson three times. Now, if you're able to sack a guy who has that capability to escape the pocket and get yards, Think about what they have the capability to do with a guy that is a pure pocket passer and does not leave the pocket like Big Ben. So that could be a problematic, um, you know, matchup. But the the guy that I like uh, that had a really great week, week one, going up against a favorable matchup, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts. Um, I was watching that game uh, against the Falcons, and, you know, he looked comfortable. He wasn't afraid to run it when he had to. Obviously, like, like, uh, like Z said, with you know, with receivers. I mean, Rieger had a good game. Devontae Smith had a good game. Um, you know, they have that that one-two combo on the tight end in, in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They're going up against a 49ers team that just had a shootout with the the Detroit Lions, who have Jared Goff as their quarterback. And I've never been a fan of Jared Goff, and they still put up, I believe, 33 points on him. So. And it's in Philly, maybe a little buzz. You know how Philly fans are beginning of the year, high expectations, lots of energy. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I like that. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he had, a, he had a huge week, and he's just building confidence and building chemistry with both Rager. Obviously, he had it with Devonta Smith, and then even both tight ends, Goddard, Hurts, he's going he's gonna to have his fair share of weapons to play with. So moving into the other side of the backfield, we got running backs now. Start and sits for them. Whoever wants to jump in first can go right ahead. I got this one locked and loaded, so I guess I'll run away with it. Uh, I think the best running back you can have this week is Nick Chubb. They're playing the Texans, an absolute poverty team. No defensive line. I think they're just going to feed Chubb pretty much the entire game, drip clock, get out of there, get to week three. He's probably looking at 25, 30 points. I hope. And then, so I'm not going to say you sit one of these guys necessarily, but they're definitely not due for as good as a week as they just had. And that's DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. They both went off for about 25 points this week. They're going up against uh, what's going to be a hungry Packers defense after they got absolutely lit up last week. So I think you'd be wary, especially of Jamal Williams, if you have him this week. I'm going to jump in with that. Um, which because I honestly just kind of looking at it, I was thinking of, um, you know, I was thinking of having Swift possibly as a guy that you would want to look at the start. I mean, we all know the Packers defense was not very good. And 
you know, a product of that was not necessarily the running game, but passing game. I mean, we saw what Alvin Kamara did. I know from having him in fantasy, he did pretty well on both ends. I think rushed for like 80 something yards, had a lot of catches. And while, while Williams got the start, I mean, Swift did get a lot of reps, um, a lot of snaps. Um, he was uh, targeted a lot passing wise rushing. He was not very consistent, but I mean, I'm just going off of what we saw with the Packers. Obviously you, you hope that they're hungry for, for their sake, but um, he was kind of an under the radar guy. Obviously there's many better running backs to start, but I think there's a possibility if he's your running back too, could be a good start. I can keep going with my, with, with who I don't like. Um, I may have to kind of look around on that, but I just want to jump in because you mentioned Swift, but. Uh, no, that's, that's fair enough. I agree. Cause it's very possible the Packers show up and absolutely lay goose egg again to get embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, it, they didn't, obviously, you know, they, they did not look, uh, they did not look very good. Um, in terms of sitting kind of just like quick glance, um, this is purely just a product of until I see something better, I'll always think of him as not like a great running back is Oh, I mean, not necessarily like you can't go off of one game. I still don't like Joe Mixon. I just hate him. Um, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of like, obviously him going off, like going across he social media, like, like the definition of hit and miss. Yeah. And most of the time, once he hits, he misses for like the next three weeks. So um, obviously there's running backs are kind of slim, but I just, I, once he hits, you know, he's like bound for like a nice, like 39 yard rushing game or something like that. So let me ask you a quick question. You starting DeAndre Swift over Joe Mixon? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Then what are you going to, you're going to like get this tape and like, we're going to re- revisit this yeah. next week and we'll see how it goes. I got the Listen, to, I'm, I got the if I, I'm, I'm already riding oh like oh for one in like dramatically flaming gump dumpster fire fashion with my bold prediction. So if it ends up biting me in the backside, it's not something I haven't seen before. You got 18 weeks to play with buddy. Oh, for one, isn't a bad start. Who knows? Maybe we'll run, maybe we'll run the O the O for uh, the O for streak. We'll see. We'll see how long we can get it. Yeah. Uh, for me, my, my sits actually going to be James Robinson. I think that the Broncos D is just, it's like much better than people give it credit for. You don't really hear a lot about them just because they're not flashy. And like, normally like when you're talking about teams, you talk about the quarterback play and no one's going to talk about Teddy B, but their defense is just very, very solid and probably going to give Trev a hard time again. And if they get down, like James Robinson kind of wasn't really targeted that much in the passing game either. So it hurts his value in terms of who, like you want to play instead or, or who you want him to play. And he's probably not going to be the guy in that sense. As for a start, you guys have mentioned this matchup a bunch of times already, but I got to go Aaron Jones lions lions defense is terrible. And I mean, they're the Packers, as Tyler said earlier, they're just, they got to be hungry. I mean, they can't come out and lay another egg like they did. So whether it's through the ground or through the air, Aaron Jones has got to be a huge part of that offense. Yeah, so coming up on to me now, I think that my start for the week, that matchup I like, is Damian Harris against the Jets. Now, I know he fumbled the ball at the end of the game on Sunday, and that essentially is what caused 
uh, the Pats to lose the game. But I just think the dude had 100 rushing yards, and that's a solid game. I think if you found pay dirt, it would have been obviously a better game. I think against the Jets, I mean, I know that D-line is is pretty solid, but I think that he is he's going to be hungry after what happened last week. He's shown a lot of light and promise uh, in, like, week one. I think he had a great performance outside the fumble and then going back even to last year that he's the true RB1 in New England and – I like the matchup against the Jets a lot. I think he's going to have a great week. And then a guy that I'm not too fond of this week is Josh Jacobs. I mean, kind of like Dan was saying with Joe Mixon, I feel like Josh Jacobs is the type of guy to have a great week and then fall off the face of the earth for a few weeks. And as a fancy owner of Josh Jacobs last year, I, uh, I still stand by that. Um, I mean, he did have a – Josh Jacobs had a, a good week one last night. Um, I was impressed with the way he played, but just the matchup he has this week with the Pittsburgh defense, I just don't like that at all. I, I saw what the Pittsburgh defense did to Josh Allen and the Bills on Sunday, and that was shocking and enough to me. So I'm going to – I would steer away from Josh Jacobs solely because of the matchup with that Pittsburgh defense. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers D is very good, and they gave Josh Allen all he could handle. But let's move. Let's move to the pass catchers now. Starting with wide receivers, you guys can jump in whichever way you want. Starter sit. I'm, I'll I'll start. Uh, my start for what you know, like obviously, like there's the the go-to guys um, guy that I like that I had in my other league that I had him as a flex, but I think could possibly be a solid wide receiver too is, uh, is DJ Moore um, against the jets. Um, he, I believe he was a leader in, in receptions and yards, but it was more of like, he, he had a lot of volume. Um, obviously like Robbie Anderson caught a long touchdown pass, but he was, was the one that was, that was his only catch of the game for Robbie. It, Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking about a guy like PPR, like he's probably a guy that, that you may want to lean on. And um, I got to see who they are playing this week. I remember I had it right here. They're playing the saints. So it is a little bit tougher, but I think like just purely with the volume, like it's probably going to get like, you know, probably seven, eight targets, maybe more depending on what the situation of the game is. Um, you know, add in the yardage too, maybe a touchdown. It could be a solid option that, um, isn't one of those like go-to guys uh, in terms of sitting. I'm going to go with uh, Antonio Brown. Obviously he had a really great game against the Cowboys, but the thing with that game that I think is not, it's not necessarily how the bucks play all the time. Um, they were kind of in like a, an air attack game. They had to kind of keep up with the Cowboys because of the passing attack that they had. Um, Ronald Jones was benched after his fumble. So they really didn't go to the running game a whole lot. You're going up against the Falcons this week. Falcons didn't really look that impressive. If the bucks have it under control relatively early, they're probably going to go to, to Jones a lot more, give them a little more confidence going into you know future weeks. Um, plus Mike Evans didn't do too well. Um, Godwin had a good game, but those are the kind of the top two receivers. That'll probably get more of the targets and the receptions. Um, Brown just kind of, kind of, cashed in on some of the deep balls that were thrown to him yeah I mean speaking speaking of a guy who had a really good week one like AB my sit of the week is actually going to be Corey Davis who we talked about earlier I think just they're going up against the Patriots and 
like the way the way Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks, he normally gives them hell the first time through. And the one goal that they always use is taking away your number one receiving option. And obviously it's been established that Corey Davis is Zach Wilson's favorite target. So they're going to double team Davis the whole game, which just leads to him having a really tough outing. And then as for my start, obviously, like, as you said, Dan, you start all the top guys, regardless of matchup. But for me, I'm going to, I'm actually going to start Cortland Sutton this week. I think the matchup against Jacksonville really favors him well. And with Judy being out, that just gives him even more targets. And it's just going to like Teddy B is going to look to him. He's going to look to Fant all day long for those third down conversions that they need. So I think he's going to be a great, a great value option this week for you. So bouncing off, uh, bouncing off that, I guess I'm going to start with, not sit, but I definitely don't think he's going to play up to what you're expecting after week one. And that is Debo Samuel. They're going uh, to Philly this week. Uh, I think he'll still be a good receiver, definitely a flex wide receiver two option. However, he's probably going to draw maybe even an undeserved amount of attention after what he did last week. Uh, I don't believe he's genuinely like a wide receiver one in this league. I think it was just a big week. Uh, so if you're expecting – Anything like what just happened, uh, you're probably in for a rude awakening. I mean, he can go and prove me wrong, but we'll see. And then for start, I'm going to take two guys here, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, they're going to Chicago. I think it's, it's a very recently depleted secondary. I know they're very strong up front, but however, if that ball gets in the air, they're going to be open. I think they can get big points. Yeah, I'm actually going to take my start to the other side of that uh, Bengals-Chicago uh, game, and I'm going to take Allen Robinson. Uh, I think he had a quiet week one. Um, I was, like, looking at the rankings for last week. Allen Robinson actually finished, like, as the 60th receiver for week one, which, like, um, yeah, I'm a huge Allen Robinson guy. I've, like, I've had him for years, like, the past probably three or four years on at least one of my teams. That's what happens when you go up against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, well, exactly. But um, obviously, like the Bengals' defense, like isn't anything to to toot about. So I think that Allen Robinson's gonna have a bounce back week. Um, hopefully, Andy Dalton can throw the rock, or if he has a poor showing, they let Justin come in and like have a little fun or something. But either way, regardless of quarterback, I like Allen Robinson's matchup this week. I think he's gonna establish himself again. I think he's finished like at least top 15, at least, at least like the last four or five years of fantasy. So I think he's going to return to his normal form. And I think he's going to have a great week. Uh, as far as like sitting, I mean, again, this isn't a guy you probably will sit. Um, but like I can match a guy that I just don't like this week is Julio Jones. I think the Tennessee offense looked horrid the other day. Like that was just bad against the, the Cardinals, I believe is who they played. Um, I was reading something how like AJ Brown and Julio were like, you know, obviously everybody was talking about him and then they both had horrible games until AJ Brown caught like a touchdown in like the third or fourth quarter or something, something late. Uh, I guess that could kind of tie back to Ryan Tannehill's performance, but until Julio shows me something, uh, if I was a owner of uh, Julio in fantasy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play him. I think there's a lot of better options of guys who proved themselves week one, at least as a flex play. 
that you could you could play over Julio. So I actually I actually kind of like Julio's matchup. Not gonna lie, I don't think the Seahawks secondary is as good as it used to be, and especially like what we've kind of been saying, like throughout these teams that are zero and one are gonna try and like obviously not fall to zero and two. And I think that the Tennessee offense could be actually in for a huge day. Julio. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. It's kind of like a similar situation with the as the Packers because Derrick Henry also didn't really have a great game. A.J. Brown, obviously. Like, they have weapons, as do the Packers. So, yeah, I, I do think that it could be an offensive-driven game, excuse me, but until Julio shows me something, uh, I wouldn't play him. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. All right, tight ends. I'll I'll actually start for you guys on tight ends. I'm gonna start Johnu Smith this week or Hunter Henry. I got either Pat's pass catcher. I think. All right, all right, real quick, you guys gotta stop ripping on my Jets defense here. Everyone's picking <laughs> all these Patriots players. I don't know what's going on here. I don't like it. Guy, the matchup is just so favorable for the Pats. Mac Jones is building the connection with both these guys, and Until one CJ of them Mosley lays him out across the middle. One of them's due to have a huge week, dude. Mosley might be hurt by the first quarter, the rate his Jets career is going. It's a low blow. <laughs> and then as for my sit, I mean, you might not sit him, but the guy I'd be cautious about is, is Logan Thomas. I think, like, obviously Heineke looks his way a lot, him and Terry, but the Giants' defense is, like, not terrible. I mean, they're not great, but they're not terrible and like, they know that he's only going to look those two ways, especially with Samuel being out still. Like, Logan Thomas might not be the best bet if you can find another guy to stream for the week. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, so, I'm going to start with my guy. I think he's going to have a huge week, George Kittle. Didn't have a badly bad week last week, but definitely not a George Kittle type of week. 12 points, uh, four for 78. They're playing at Philly this week. Again, another team, very weak secondary. George Kittle, very good at breaking down secondaries. Probably big points. Sit. Um, I mean, if you have the luxury to sit a tight end, God bless you. Uh, I'll probably go with, yeah, I'll agree with the Logan Thomas pick. Uh, I can't really explain it any further, I think. It's just a tough scene. China no, I get, I get what you mean though. Like, if you're sitting a tight end, <laughs> what are you doing? Because like, yeah, it's it's hard to find a sit. You got to start your tight end. Um, well, I mean, I'll start with the sit. I mean, we're talking about Mike Kosicki on the the Dolphins. Dude did not have a good week one um, against the against the Pats. Um, I was seeing some things that obviously are very premature because it's we're only answering week two, but people were saying that. You know, is it time to, like, panic if he doesn't do well in, in week two? And, I mean, like, with with Waddle, um, uh, Full, Will Fuller's coming back because he, he, he finished out of suspension in week one. Like, there's a lot of receiving options now. Devontae Parker as well. Um, so, like, I don't really know how many targets he's going to get. I don't know how much it's going to get spread out. Plus, Tua kind of can do can run as well as pass so it kind of plays into the play calling a little bit so obviously like you guys said if you could sit a tight end that's great but um he's probably the one that i would sit and kind of wait for a better performance uh if he is your backup i mean starting 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts. Um, obviously had like the typical like rookie NFL debut, like had like 40 yards, like five catches, something along those lines. But he's going up against a Bucks team that obviously has their defense back. It's like you know they're obviously back from that Super Bowl run, but they didn't look that great against the Cowboys. Um, they kind of let them get in the air a lot. Dak threw for an absurd amount of yards. Um, obviously the quarterbacks are a little different, Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's kind of been declining lately, uh, over the past couple of seasons, but I think they're going to be falling behind and in typical Falcons fashion, they're going to be airing the ball out. He's going to probably get a lot of targets. Calvin really only got, uh, maybe one or two more targets than Pitts did. Pitts just couldn't reel in a couple of them. So he's probably a guy that, you know, if you have him as your starting tight end, that's great. If you have him as a backup, maybe throw him in as a flex or throw him in as your starting tight end. Yeah, bouncing right off the Dan's uh, sit, I also was going to say Mike Kosicki. Similar reasons as Dan and also just the Buffalo defense, I think, uh, will be able to hold their own against the Dolphins. Um, and then a guy that I do like, I, I kind of have two here. Uh, now, I'm going a little bit down the tight end thing because obviously everybody's starting the Kelsey, Waller, Kittles, Hawkinsons of the world every single week, obviously. But as you get a little further down, you know, into like the – these this guy these guys I'm saying are going to be 13th and 19th ranked. Uh, Tyler Higby, I like him. I think Stafford likes him. I mean, finished with like five for 68 or something like that. I think that's a solid play if um, you need to play a tight end. And I do like the matchup he has this week. And then a guy that I like, I did I was going to mention last week as my sleeper for tight end, but I didn't end up mentioning it. I'm going to say Cole Komet. I think this kid is has what it takes to be a tight end in the NFL. I think that he's finding his way. I know last year was like, eh, you know, like what can this kid do? I've read a lot of things, seen a lot of things about this kid. And I think that he's going to continue to have a strong showing. And I think over time he could turn into a startable tight end week in, week out. And uh, I think uh, I'm looking forward to see what this kid can do. Yeah, I like the Cole Komet take. I mean, I I think I mentioned him either episode one or two. I forget which one it was, but I think he is poised to steadily steadily break out. Maybe not like a one-week thing, but just like be a consistent fantasy option. But before we get to everyone's favorite topic of bold predictions, because, you know, just we love to slander each other's horrible pick, uh, we're going to jump into a new segment called Take a Flyer. This is kind of just going to be like your sleeper of the week and just one position, one guy that you like, he's under the radar, probably not rostered in a lot of, in a lot of leagues, but someone who down the line or even this week could be a real viable option for you. Um, I'll, I'll take the start on this one. I'm actually going to go to Detroit. I know people don't really look at the Detroit offense, maybe outside of Swift and Hawkinson, but Amon Ross St. Brown had a huge catch in that fourth quarter last week when they were driving back. And I think he's just going to slowly increase to maybe pass Tyrell Williams as the wide receiver one in Detroit or be a very, very solid wide receiver two. And he can only build chemistry with golf as the year goes on. So Amon Ross St. Brown, the rookie receiver out of USC is a great option to just keep your eye on, on the waiver wire before it's too late and get him on your team. All right, sticking to the wide receiver train, I'm going to talk about a guy that 
if you're a casual fan, you probably haven't heard his name until Sunday night, and that's Van Jefferson. The Los Angeles Rams. This dude caught two balls for about 80 yards and a touchdown. This is someone I've kept my eye on very closely since, um, yeah, he was coming in the league. I wanted him actually on the Jets. As you know, his dad works for the Jets. I thought he, was, he got drafted one pick right before us. I used right there. Uh, but now he's in L.A. I've seen a lot of clips. He works very closely with Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, if you're a wide receiver, who else would you want to work with? Uh, I think it's a big year cooking up, especially with staff throwing bombs like that. I'm going to go with a guy that has had a change of scenery, uh, is not close to being one of the top receivers, but because of the tremendous offense that they have, I think he could possibly slip in as a flex guy down the road. That's A.J. Green, man. I mean, he you didn't really know where he went. He's with the Cardinals. He had six targets in week one. I mean, he's obviously not the number one guy. He's far from that. But kind of going back to our, our previous discussions about Kyler Murray possibly wanting to be more of a pocket passer kind of guy, he's got the capability to be a great passer. And you got a guy in A.J. Green that has no, no pressure to be that top guy anymore to reel in the receptions, the yards, the touchdowns. You use him as a guy that is not going to have a lot of defensive schemes around him. Obviously, you're going to have him, you know, around like D Hop and Christian Kirk, guys like that. So he may be a guy that can get you, you know, three or four receptions a game, kind of depending on how the offense goes. Obviously, Arizona did very well against Tennessee, and they're not always going to be like that, but could be a guy that, you know, you store on your bench, see how he does throughout the year. I love that pick. I actually love that pick. People like, since he left Cincinnati and he's not the number one guy, like he's just fallen off the radar of people in terms of fantasy and what they, what they look for. I mean, AJ Green, I know he's not what he was maybe four to five years ago, but like, it's like, it's the name. It's AJ Green, man. Like he's probably worth a roster spot. Like you said, at least at the end of your bench, like the end of your bench is all about taking a flyer. And I mean, why not take AJ, AJ Green? I think he's a viable option in Arizona. You saw their offense on Sunday. I mean, they're just going to let it rip every every time they can. So he's going to get targets. Uh, yeah. So the guy that uh, came to mind for me, uh, I was looking at like the rankings and everything for this week and like what happened last week. Is I'm going to go over to New York, but not to the Jets. I'm going to say somebody on the Giants. Now this is kind of like a hot take. I think this definitely is a flyer. I'm going to say Darius Slayton. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I picked him up like he started doing hot. I picked him up. He was playing well. And then uh, he got hurt. Um, but I think he, ha he had like three catches for 65 yards on Sunday. I think that if Evan Engram continues to be out, um, I think that Daniel Jones is going to need any help that he can get. Um, and I think that just may he might be able to establish himself with Kenny Galladay is like you know, solid receiver. Um, yeah, that's my flyer. And then also just to plug it, maybe not considered a flyer, but Trey Sermon, obviously Raheem uh, most start uh, went down with injury for the season. And a lot of people were talking about Elijah Mitchell. I'm sure that he's probably the number one waiver wire option for this week. But uh, I know Trey Sermon was like, I want to say maybe like an eighth ish round guy maybe a little earlier. I know I picked him up in both or both my leagues. And I think that 
he's going to be dressed this week and not in street clothes. I think that he'll only learn the playbook as time comes. And then I think that um, I think he'll be able to be the wide receiver two and compete for wide receiver one with Elijah Mitchell as the season goes on. Not bad, not bad. I mean, the the Trey Sermon thing, like, it kind of concerned me that he was in street clothes because, like, everyone thought he was the wide receiver two. But, I mean, the running back two. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't in ready. I mean, he just wasn't simply ready. So that's that. I mean, he'll slowly pick it up as time goes on, but it's time week two bold predictions. Let's hear them. All right. I'm going to talk about the um, battle of the Northeast, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, rookie showdown. This is the matchup I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, and Zach Wilson's going to outplay Mac Jones. Well, if you want to speak for me, yes. <laughs> I knew that's where it was going. Yeah. I think – I mean, obviously, you guys think this defense is very good. Um, I don't think that New England defense is very great now. Missing Gilmore. I think Zach Wilson has a game under his belt. He looked very, very comfortable in that second half. I think we might see him unleash. I'm not. I don't think the Jets will win. I think our defense is still very weak. Wait a minute. Um, wait, 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 wait. What were we just talking about about ten minutes ago that you said stop dumping on my Jets defense, and now you're saying that the defense yeah. is gonna lose? Let's go, game. Dan. Let's go. What up? Back to pack. Okay. I'm a realist. I call it as I see it. I got the receipts. Facts. Tyler, give it Tyler, give us a give us a stat line bold prediction for Zach Wilson on Sunday. All right, you got it. Um 23 of 34. Say about 257 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing, one interception. And a loss. <laughs> all right no i respect that I that's, was just re- that's like realistic a, i respect that i was i, thought, I was I, thinking like a rough estimate but i appreciate how you went down to the wire <laughs> i mean i'll take this next because i'm also going to the battle of the northeast coin phrased by tyler i know i talked about damian harris as my start but this dude this week is going to be finished top seven running back in ppr scoring oh, damian, damian harris for the win to the moon damian harris top seven this week my bold prediction was right last week, everyone. I'm 1-0 and on the season. All right, Dan. Well, we're 0-1. Let's get on the board. Oh, boy. Uh, I've been going back and forth, man. Um, you go. I gotta, I'm got. i like weighing a couple here. You don't want to go 0-2. Real, real no. quick. Um, I wasn't here last week, but I'm going to inquire. Do I get a point for Corey Davis? Half. <laughs> half a point. We'll take it. We'll take it. We're yeah, you're point five and 0 I would do, yeah, I would do, I would do many things for a point five at this point. <laughs> All right, Dan. It's gonna I'll, be a long season. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you some time. I'm gonna go, also to the running back department. I'm gonna say, I gotta stay in the top five realm. I mean, we're shooting shots here. <laughs> give me, give me Najee Harris as a top five running back against the Raiders this week. You saw the way Tyson Williams ran against them. Give me Najee Harris this week as a top five running back this week. I'll stick around with the running backs. Um, I don't know if I can pro- – I don't know if I could I could guarantee top five. I'm going to say uh, it's going to be another week where 
Melvin Gordon gets you another 20 piece in fantasy last week had a hundred yards touchdown three catches. I'm going to say he's going up against the Jacksonville defense, which we know is not very good. Um, so I'm going to say maybe a couple more catches, not a whole lot of rushing yards. See a touchdown mixed in there. I'm going to go Melvin Gordon. That's interesting, dude. I'm not going to lie. I almost took like Javante Williams as a breakout guy. So I guess I should keep that one quiet. I, I was weighing, I was weighing, a, I was weighing a couple things with like Adam Thielen or like a couple other receivers, but like, I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger. Say, I'm uh, I like not even talking about Jet. Yeah, I know. Thielen was better than Jet in week one, man. Yeah, this is week two. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said it at the start. We're off week one. Screw week one. Yeah. All the bigger and better things. Listen, in, in, you know, in the words of T. Walsh, apparently you just need one week before you, be, you can become unleashed. So, <laughs> Facts. Unleash Najee. Top five. Well, we'll see if... If Z goes to 2-0, and Tyler gets a full point, me and Dan go to 0-2, maybe we get on the board. But we'll be back for next week, recap week two. Look forward to week three. We'll see you guys then. Get up.